Live Podcasts presents The Podcast with Lauren Palmer. Hi, you are listening to The Podcast, your best friend's podcast. My name is Lauren Palmer and I am the founder of the Dog Love South Africa Instagram account. Today on our podcast, we are going to be talking about adopting your dog, buying your dog, all the pros and cons all the awkward conversations that you have at the dinner tables. And with me today is someone I met through my Instagram account. It's Kirsten Vera. Say hello. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this podcast. So my reason for asking you to join is because you have three dogs. You've bought and you've adopted. So tell us about your Paul family? So I have five fur kids, two of which are little kitties. I say little, but not so little. The one is 16 years old. His name is Jedi. Um, We have a rescue. We rescued him from a pipe. Um, His name is Yoda and he's five years old. And then we have the dogs. So our oldest is Seska and she's 11. And she's a Boston Terrier. Sorry, let me add that. And then we have another Boston Terrier, and he's Kenzo. Kenzo is six years old. And our baby, but not so baby, is Guinness. And Guinness is a cross collie, cross we don't know, (laughs) rescue. And he's almost a year old. When you first got Guinness, when you introduced him to Kenzo and Seska, awkward positive were you concerned how did it go it was very awkward and actually very stressful because i knew i was bringing a male dog home into a male dog's territory which is obviously quite a difficult game to feel out um look kenzo's not an aggressive dog by nature seska's actually more aggressive so what i thought was i'm going to introduce the two boys in a neutral territory. Yeah. So I quickly had Guinness. He was sitting on the front seat of my car. He only he was a puppy at the time. I mean, he was like 22 months, I mean, 22 weeks old. So he's quite tiny. Then kind of smuggled Kenzo into the back. And he was so enamored by us going on an adventure. He didn't even realize there was another dog in the car. And I took them to the park and they both met. And it was it was quite cute to watch. Kenzo automatically started playing the big brother protective, <laughs> follow me. And it was very sweet to watch. So I'm glad that it, did, it went that way. And then I knew once I had Kenzo won over that he would help Seska feel a lot more at ease when I brought both the boys home. So it it was quite an adjustment in the beginning, especially because my husband was away at the time. So I was on my own oh, trying wow. to, yeah, it's quite a feat to have this little puppy and manage. I mean, we only have two hands, right? Yeah. So it was quite difficult. Oh, that was brave. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of sat down on the couch with Guinness and I had this little puppy and these two dogs and Seska was kind of sniffing him out, growling. And then Kenzo would kind of be like, hey, stop growling now. <laughs> and by the end of the night, everyone was friends. So it was great. Did you and your husband actually sit and have a conversation and say, this is what we're going to do to introduce them? Or did you follow instinct? I followed instinct. Yeah. He didn't even know that I was bringing Guinness home that day. <laughs> So, um, 
unfortunately, he, he missed out on that one. So I, I think I would probably do the exact same thing. If I found little Guinness, I mean, he was beautiful. When you first sent me that photo, yeah, he's a beautiful, beautiful dog. He really is. He's really special. But um, so the way it actually transpired is... We had a discussion on getting another dog, which in all honesty, I was quite against purely for the reason is that I didn't think that we had the capacity to have another animal in our home because we already had the two cats and we had the two dogs. And it's a huge responsibility to take on another life. So I felt really bad because Duran, my husband, has never had his own dog but he's grown up with many, many dogs. In fact, he's grown up in a massive animal-loving environment. I actually knew him as a kid. And my mom-in-law is an amazing human. She has rescued so many dogs. <laughs> I mean, like, for some reason, they cross her path. And she'll stop the car and she'll get out. And she'll put the dog in her car. And then they, you know, in inverted commas, can't <laughs> find their home. No one so, wants them. Yes, no one wants them. <laughs> And they end up becoming family members. So he's never actually actively gone to choose or buy or adopt a dog on his own, saying, like, that's my own dog. So he gave me that sob story. And um, I kind of sat on it for a bit. And and he's always wanted a collie. So I thought, I'm going to put a bit of a span in the works. And I said to him, we can get a collie as long as you adopt him. And then he thought, well, I'm never going to find it like a purebred, beautiful collie Mm. to adopt. And I said, but he has to be a puppy because we've got cats. And he said, okay, that's that's fine. So we kind of left it at that, thinking it was never going to happen. And the universe one week just threw all these SPCA rescue foundations. I had so many collie puppies that were just coming up on my newsfeed. And I thought to myself, would I be wrong to just ignore it? And are these messages that I need to convey to him? And I conveyed them to him and he was he was very keen. A lot of the puppies were out of the Harting area, um, Kimberley, Jeffreys Bay. And I was willing to like do the whole drive, fly, whatever the case is. Um, it was quite logistically difficult. And, and expensive. Expensive too. Mm. So then we saw one at, at a local shelter who actually wasn't a collie. He just looked like a collie. <laughs> actually, if you looked at his brothers and sisters, the litter, actually, they all looked different. He was the only black and white one. Serious? Yeah. The rest were little brown, little short-haired, yeah. non-fluffy kids. Oh, and he's the fluffiest little mohawk. Yeah. Oh, please. So actually, so this was a different litter to Guinness's litter. Okay. So we decided, okay, let's go camp outside. And apparently we heard from the shelter that everyone was camping outside for this little guy. And people, we were like sixth in in the queue waiting outside at like Sparrow's Fart, you know, five o'clock in the morning. So we were like, oh, we're never going to, you know, get, get this puppy. But, you know, if we've opened up our hearts to having another dog then why should we be breedist so to speak yeah and you know to our surprise there was a whole litter of cross collie puppies there and the mommy collie was there and she was super active as all border collies are and we made our way to finding guinness because we couldn't choose a female yeah because seska being the 
yeah, Seska being Seska, <laughs> you know, she's she's definitely the alpha of the yeah. pack. And she's she's more aggressive, so we chose the route of, of choosing a male dog. Okay, so it was an easier process for you. The the paperwork was easy. The hard part was actually just finding the right dog. I wouldn't say that it was difficult. I wouldn't say it was easy. Okay. We got Guinness through Kitty and Puppy Haven, and it's the first time I've adopted from them. Growing up, I've adopted from the SPCA before. So this was a whole new experience for me. And I have to say, it was refreshing because I felt like they really ran everything like a business in a good way. Yeah, They still have heart and you can see that they love their animals, but it's such a beautifully run establishment where everything is super clean. You can see that they're very hypersensitive about cleaning your hands and your shoes before you walk into different enclosures, which is a great thing in my opinion. Absolutely. So when we arrived at Kitty and Puppy Haven, I was a bit taken back by how protective the volunteers and the workers were over this adoption process, which is a great thing. It's beautiful. My husband and I, at the time, we felt a bit like, because they were like, you know, a collie is really hard work and you don't have the biggest size property. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were quite, they... Because you filled out the paperwork and we are very honest with the paperwork. And what I liked about the paperwork is that they asked what your earning capacity is as an individual and as a couple. And I I feel like that's very important. Absolutely. And I know it sounds maybe classist, Mm. but I feel you need to have dispensable income when you are bringing in another family member. I know with me, with Moby, the first question they asked was, do you have a pool? You need to cover the pool. Do you have a balcony? Make sure your balcony is safe. Those sort of questions, they reveal a lot more than just do you have a pool. So I completely agree with you. I think those those forms are so important for that exact reason. So yeah, maybe you are excluding a a large majority of people who could adopt, but that's better than sending a dog into a worse situation for us at first we were kind of like you know we've done the homework we understand dog breeds we we those people yeah so we kind of felt like we were being um scrutinized but it was good i was like if this is the the place that we're getting our baby from then i'm happy to be taking a baby from here because i know that they're looking for good loving homes they're not just looking to clear out the cage so that the next dog can come along. Exactly. Yeah. Kudos to them. I think that they should grow people because I do feel people do go blindly into having a pet and especially adopting certain breeds. I mean, let's not, you know, candy coat it. Border Collies are working dogs yep. and they need a lot of attention and a lot of stimulation. And I, I was prepared for that. My husband was prepared for that, but I don't think people really, a lot of people really fully understand that. You see this pretty looking dog and you think, oh my gosh, this dog is is great, but does that dog suit your lifestyle? Yeah, that's that's the hard part. How do you know that without doing your research? And nine times out of 10, people aren't going to do the research. They're going to think, what's going to be the best for my apartment or my Instagram page or whatever the case may be. Exactly. So it's research. A hundred percent. We were always open to adoption because I had always done community service as a child at the Animal Anti-Cruelty League, at the SPCA. It was kind of something that I enjoyed doing on 
on you my knew holidays. How it worked. For me personally, growing up, we had German shepherds. It was never even discussed adoption. Yeah. It, it, I didn't even know about it, to be honest. So for me, when I started with the dog community, I didn't even wasn't even on my radar. I knew it was out there. You know, dogs needed homes, but. The process and the magnitude of the issue was never really something that I was aware of until I got Mia and was on the dog page. Because Mia was, I, you know, I bought Mia, bought her, found her on a Gumtree advert. I thought that was what you did. Went and drove to a little farm in Longabarn. And when I picked her up, it was very clearly a puppy mill. You know, I thought on my way there, I was taking this puppy away from a gorgeous farm. And when I got there, I was like... No. How can I not take this puppy? Yes. And then you left with the conundrum of you have to take the puppy, but by paying for the puppy, you're now enabling this whole process of they're just going to keep having puppies. And it's very difficult because those puppies still need homes. They still need somewhere to go. Exactly. And I only really learned that through the Instagram page. Oh, wow. And then when I when Mia got to about like two and I thought she needed a friend and I wanted a spaniel friend. I looked straight to Spaniel Welfare and that was when I, same as you, Facebook feed just kept coming up, wanted a puppy and there was a litter, took the litter, was on that list, ready to go and you just hope that you get that puppy. You know, yes. And I was very lucky that I did. Didn't you find it quite nerve-wracking? Like, am I going to get... Like, it was horrible, <laughs> you know. When yeah. they, when they yeah. said to me, come and have a look, we have a few reserved, I thought, oh my word, if I go there and their friend's friend maybe took the last one and now I've lost the opportunity of this, this little puppy. It's crazy, right? It's horrible. And it, it's all for a welfare little pooch. And yes. I wouldn't have had it any other way. He's, you know, bundle of crossed everything under the sun everyone says that he's got collie he's got lab he's got rottweiler he's got spaniel he's, he's who knows what he's he, just handsome you That's never know he, that might be I just mean, handsome like <laughs> you actually don't know what he is but i find it was the best thing i could have done and probably because of this community i'll never buy i'll never buy another dog which is what we want to try and promote yeah obviously there are people who are going to be looking for a pure breed and you'll find it's working dogs so a collie you're going to want a collie to herd and completely understandable you need to do your research and you get a purebred and you will probably pay quite a large yes. <laughs> amount of money yes. but all we are trying to get across is just do your homework do the research make sure that it's a good breeder ask the questions and if they're answering the questions voluntarily it means that they've got good intentions so keeping in mind that i had adopted moby bought mia i thought let me hear the rest of instagram stories were there good stories did they have problems introducing the welfare dogs were there only problems with welfare dogs did the bought dogs also bring problems so one account gave me a really lovely quote that i really liked and he let me use it. His handle is Bruno the Goofball. I haven't seen his account, but he said, if you're going to adopt or shop, you can, but do it responsibly. And I think that's a really nice way of summing it up because that's great. Yeah. we're not here to say only adopt. If you buy a dog, you are shunned from the dog community because they need homes and buying dogs is always going to be a thing. But just your homework. Absolutely. You know, on what you were, you're talking about with your experience with Mia, who, by the way, is a goddess. So um, <laughs> my experience of 
buying a dog. So I have had this infinite love for Boston Terriers and French Bulldogs. I feel like a Boston Terrier is more suited to my active lifestyle more than a Frenchie probably is. Um, so I chose to go the Boston Terrier route. Seska was my first Boston Terrier also. A Gumtree yep. special. That was the norm. Yeah. That's just what you did. You shopped on Gumtree, yeah. right? It's actually quite bizarre, but yes. Yeah. So I find Seska on Gumtree. I then went through to a house in Kempton Park, and the breeder had said that she, it was her first litter, she tried to breed with her friend's dog. So I looked at the female, and I looked at the male, and they were fairly beautiful dogs. She said to me, listen, I have to tell you, there's only one female left in this litter, but no one's wanted her so far. And I don't, if you don't want her, I understand. But if you do, I'll give you a discount. And I kind of felt like, how do you just discount a life like that? Like, what is wrong with this dog? And she was separated from the litter. I then went to go see her and she was clearly the runt of the litter. And I mean, you kind of look at her now and you're like, yeah, no, she makes she, sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. <laughs> and she had her front paws bandaged. And I kind of, I looked at this lady and I was like, well, what is going on? And she said, no. So her mom refuses to feed her and the other puppies keep fighting with her every time she try, comes to try and suckle. Yeah. So I thought, oh. And she kind of just looked up at me on this on the couch with these big eyes. And I thought, I can't leave you. I mean, regardless of, of me having a connection, you meant to have this moment with this dog. And there's meant to be fireworks. And, you know, it's meant to be a forever dog kind <laughs> of experience. And it was not that. It was actually like a guilt thing. I felt like, you know, if I don't take this dog who's in quotes on discount, Who's who's going to take this dog and and what kind of home and upbringing? And you could see she was a difficult dog just in her persona and the way she carried herself. So I thought, here's the money. Let me take it. I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. (laughs) And it's been 11 years of challenge. And you know what? She's been great. She's always been slightly difficult on certain things. And as she's gotten older, she's gotten a lot more difficult. But genetically, there are definitely issues there. And when I look back on it, I don't think that that was the story. I don't think that she was the first litter at all. I definitely think that there was a puppy mill probably in the back that I hadn't seen. Um, I hadn't heard anything and I actually wasn't going to ask any questions or dig any deeper. I just wanted to take her out of that environment. It's just scary hearing this and even the voice note that I'll play now. The dogs that were adopted from welfare, they pretty much every single voice note had that moment of like, this is my baby. This is my, this is who I want as my dog. Yeah. None of the ones that were bought had had that. There's just something about a welfare dog that has this like connection, undeniable attraction that you like, this dog is meant for me. Yes. I'm meant to take this dog home. He is the mix of all the ugliest things <laughs> under the sun, but he is perfect for me. And I think I think that's really why we got Guinness and Moby. I think we had that yeah. moment of this dog is meant to be mine. And the myth of welfare dogs have more problems than purebred is completely a lie. It's a complete, complete lie. So we're going to play one that I really liked was from someone named Ruth. So I'm not familiar with Ruth, but I felt like her voice note was really informed. So I'll play snippets of her. So this is Ruth. 
Hi, so my name is Ruth. I have two dogs who were adopted from the Animal Anti-Cruelty League in 2016. So they've been with me for about four years now. And it was overall a really great experience. You go in, you fill out a lot of forms because they want to know sort of your background, whether you are capable of caring for a dog, you know, whether you can afford to take care of a dog. They want to know these kinds of things. Are you in a stable living situation? That sort of thing. Like if you were adopting a child, they want to know that you are capable of caring for it. And then you go to the dogs and you have a look around and you see who's who in the zoo, see who you click with. My first baby, Bryn, I almost didn't choose him, but then he climbed on my head and kept licking my face. So I really, I had no choice. The dog chose me. That has been my experience is your dog will pick you. Like the right dog for you will find you. So I took them to um, puppy training. Uh, positive reinforcement is very important to me because I don't believe that there is ever a reason to hit your dog. You wouldn't hit a child. You wouldn't hit another person. You don't hit a dog. So there are minor food squabbles between them every now and again but that was when they were puppies they those have passed now they are pretty comfortable around each other i'm not against the idea of having a purebred dog but at the same time pavement specials are slightly stronger in their immune system they are also just so cute and so lovable and i love every dog so if the breeder is ethical then go for it but um do make sure to check up on that and in terms of adopting it means a lot to me to give take a dog who has, hasn't known kindness before and hasn't known security and safety and to give them that so that they have something with you and they know that you know you're their forever mom thank you so much ruth for sending that voice note it really resonated with me because you were able to share information that not everyone is aware of and i think that's one of the fundamental reasons why we are doing this podcast is to share information with one another and inform each other of how things work and that it's okay to adopt a dog it's okay to buy a dog just be smart another voice note was from robin her instagram account is braveheart beagle adventures obviously loves beagles she shared a very interesting story hi i got my first beagle from a breeder actually so she was really lonely we had her for about say two months and then I realized that she's not going to do well on her own even though she had all of the attention from my entire family so I went on to Beagle Rescue South Africa and I looked around for dogs up for adoption it was the first time that I even looked at adoption I never even thought of it before I'll be honest with you and they have this site, it's just one place on the website where you can go and leave a message for anyone who is looking to rehome their dogs as well. So I left a message there. I described Bailey, her age, her how active she was and everything. And I just left that there. I got to a point where I even forgot that I left that message on the website. And we were waiting, but my dad decided that maybe we should just get another. And so he contacted another breeder to get a friend for her. It was the day that I was actually putting a deposit for that dog that a lady by the name of Nicole contacted me and she said she saw my message on Beagle Rescue website and she really wants me to have her puppy. So she sent me pictures and stuff. It was the moment I saw his face, Bonzo's face, his eyes, I just fell in love. I knew he was meant for me. When he came home, he was four months old. He was a very happy puppy, but after a few days, we realized he had some issues. So he had a weak bladder. He would pee on himself, pee while he's asleep. He couldn't run for very long. He would collapse. 
any amount of heat and he would collapse. It was really hard at first because she didn't give us any warning to expect a dog that was sickly. So we had to work with him a lot. So from then, we had to change his diet, running very little every day. And as he got better, I increased the amount of running he did. And now he's perfectly fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. But as he got older, after a year old, he started to develop anxiety. So he's been on a Regal Pet Health anxiety syrup for a while. And he'll be going through some training soon as well. But um, the entire experience was, from the very beginning, it was so exciting. It was the best feeling ever. There is no other feeling like adopting a dog and knowing this dog may not have had a home or he needed a place and you gave him that lifeline. Really, I couldn't have made a better decision. And I know that he was meant for me because the timing of everything was just, if she messaged even 30 minutes later, it would have been too late. So I'm really so glad that it went the way it did. But yeah, adoption is, it's a real, it's a real blessing. Not just, it's not just helping the animal, it completed my life, really. I, I love that story because it started off quite sad because welfare is, you are scared of what you're going to get and you're only going to find out later if there's anything wrong. So she got this, this beagle from, from someone online. You don't know what you're going to get, but she took the time to understand the dog and really put effort and love into this little pooch. And I just thought it was so incredible. So thank you so much, Robin, for sharing your story with us. What do you think about the time and effort? Have, have you and Duran put effort into understanding Guinness? Yes. So actually part of the agreement within the contract with Kitty and Puppy Haven was that we had to have proof that Guinness was going to puppy training because of his specific breed, which also I find great because it's important. So we started out puppy class one with Guinness and he he was so smart. He was the A student in puppy class one. Such a proud mom. I was so proud. <laughs> he even got a little rosette and stuff. So I was super proud of that. Uh, we then tried puppy two. He was literally the worst student. Oh, shame. <laughs> he then, in true Collie style, because now Collies are super clever and yeah. they work things out really, really quickly. So now he figured out at the end of training, everyone goes into the pen where the agility classes run and all the puppies get to play. So he kept looking at the agility pen like, Mom, this is, yeah, this is, this is like... <laughs> This is not my vibe, guys. This is just like my parents are bringing me here and this is just so boring. Like this is, I don't need to learn this stuff. And all he wanted to do was the agility. And the trainer was like, no, he can't climb there. He's too small. And Guinness ran in and he's up on these advanced agility beams and he's doing his thing. And and he was just in absolute heaven. So, I mean, we want to start now that he's older. We want to start the agility training for him i think that's the the natural next step guinness is like i'm gonna surpass puppy three four five but i'm very grateful for our community um through you and your instagram meets because it gives him the opportunity to be social and i think that's really underrated having a social dog is really important in my opinion i agree if you don't have the means to take them to training at the very least find communities like dog love sa and embrace all the meats i mean you may not be able to make all of them but come to as many as you can i see how much moby has grown into his own 
he used to be so stuck on your leg. I'm like, mommy, I'm so scared. I mean, he still is a little bit. He's still a little bit of a mommy's boy, but he's grown. Yeah. And he's he's coming out of his shell and you can see that confidence growing. And I think that's them learning how to be in a pack. It's natural for them. And I feel like it's important for them to have that kind of stimulation. The nice thing that I love hearing when I hear all these stories is how great the experiences with the welfares were. The voice notes were all so positive. Christy, she spoke about her experience with volleys. She works with the Top Dogs Therapy Organization as well. When she was having issues with her dog post-adoption, they were still willing to get involved to say, he has a great behavioralist if you need anything. So I just feel like when you sign that contract, it's so important for everyone to know it's not the end. And now you're left with this dog that has issues. You have support. You have the organization you adopted from. Spaniel Welfare have been incredible for me with Moby. I've taken him to the pack many times just to socialize and bond because they've adopted his mom. It's it's crucial. So the point of this whole podcast today was just to show that there's an entire community open and ready to help and assist in any way possible. And Adopting a dog is can be done quite easily and can be quite rewarding at the same time. Oh, it's super rewarding. Yeah. So where can we find you? How can we find the adventures of Seska, Kenzo and Guinness? So you would most likely find most of the adventures on my work page. It's Pup Chef. So it's at P-U-P underscore C-H-E-F. Okay. And what's Pup Chef about? Pup Chef is a gourmet dog food business. What we do is we make convenient gourmet dog meals. Everything's cooked. It's a well-balanced meal with added probiotic in. There's no preservatives. There's no gluten. Um, there's no corn. So everything's freshly made and frozen. And basically, dogs love it. Yeah, mine do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's really convenient and easy. Yeah. And you know your dog is getting a healthy, well-balanced meal. It's, it's super healthy because awesome. we're super passionate about canine gut health. So, yeah. It is such an incredible business, but I want to bring you back on another podcast to talk about that because I think in today's time with vegans and all these sort of health benefits that people are investigating, gut health, preservatives, convenience, recycling, all those sort of things are so important. And I think your business hits the nail on the head with that stuff. So we can talk about that later. In the meantime, though, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today and talking about adopting, buying, everything in between when it comes to your animals. Thank you for being so honest and just trying parent with us today and we can't wait to share thank you so much thanks for having me i love this podcast and i can't wait to hear the rest yay life podcasts presents the podcast with lauren palmer hands and paws unite to create south africa's favorite podcast <laughs> <laughs>